Did you ever cut loose? So Footless is one of those movies, for some reason I, I just really love it. Don't know what it is about a movie like this. I think it's just a bit, you know, it's, it's a wee bit silly. It's an unusual concept. I mean, what sort of movies is about teenagers just wanting to have a dance because they're not allowed? Don't know too many others like this. I mean, there's, I suppose the closest similarity to this movie I feel is maybe Flashdance, but it's more about following your dreams and things. This is a bit different. This movie follows young Kevin Bacon, uh, who's came over from the big city to small town America, and he is just wanting to be himself. But unfortunately, small town America, they're a bit, you know, they're a bit strict on it. Uh, this uh, place is, uh, it's, it's, it's governed by um, like an iron fist, and uh, the, the town council's headed by uh, a religious preacher who doesn't lie rock and roll music, he doesn't like dancing, he doesn't like certain books to get read and things like that. So Kevin Bacon's feeling a wee bit down and out. Uh, he doesn't really um, like what's, you know, what, what's going on here. He wants to, you know, he wants to cut loose. Foot loose. There we go. Snuck it in there. So uh, Kevin Bacon, young Kevin Bacon, plays a character called Ren, and uh, he's just finding it difficult. He, um, you know, not really getting on with the local authorities. They're, you know, pulling them over for playing music too loudly, and then he's talking back to them. And you don't do that in small town America. No, Kevin Bacon, you don't do that. Like this movie has something about it that I really enjoy. Um, I might seem a bit unenthusiastic because this is the third time I've recorded this due to technical difficulties, but we're here now, and we're powering through this nonetheless. Nonetheless, guys, there it goes again. Everybody drink. <laughs> Why not? Um, I really hope there is someone that's planned to drink again. I think that would be funny. Uh, just not while you're driving and listening to these things or, I don't know, out and running in public spaces you're not allowed to because while small town America doesn't like you, you know, playing your rock and roll music, I'm sure that 5 here aren't too keen either. Right? So let's, let's get on with this a wee bit more. Um, there's there's three major arcs in this movie that I and um, you know, enjoy or, or that I think work here. Now there's obviously like smaller ones and things like that, like Kevin Bacon's friend. Um, uh, it's not Sean Penn. It's Sean Penn's brother, uh, William. I don't can't remember his name right now, but he's he's not the biggest role in that. He's just there to be like I can't dance, and then he gets taught how to dance. That's the gist of that role. But the the three major ones is. Kevin Bacon's Ren, you know, he comes to small time in America in his uh, really old Volkswagen Beetle. He uh, gets in trouble with the authority. There's a bit of backlash. He meets uh, this girl called Ariel, who is uh, the the minister's daughter. Uh, she's a wild one. She's the second arc I'm going to talk about. And then the minister's the third arc I'm going to talk about. It is probably... The strongest one in it, I think. My favourite one. Anyway, look, the things in Kevin Bacon's uh, storyline I really like is just, well, one, he's kind of cool, Kevin Bacon, isn't he? He's just got a bit of, like, 
he's got a bit of an atmosphere to him that I'm like, yeah, Kevin Bacon, you're, you're pretty sweet. You know, he, and um, whenever he's, you're, you're rooting for him because you like him. And when he's getting in trouble, you're like, oh, Kevin Bacon, I really want you not to be in trouble. I really want you to, you know, be yourself in this uh, small town America. But uh, he keeps getting you know, frustrated and he keeps, you know, getting uh, himself into more bother, like he gets cut from the gymnastics team, because of course he's a gymnast. Uh, and we see that in possibly the greatest frustration scene ever. Frustration scene's not a thing. But like Kevin Bacon, he wants to stay true to himself, but the more he gets held back, the more he gets annoyed. And he drives his yellow Volkswagen Beetle into a disused warehouse, and he turns up the radio to never by moving picture and uh, his irritation's at top form peak levels and he's doing the angry dance. Um the the flight of the Concords they they uh, pirated it excellently and you know, Brett's angry dance, it's basically the same thing. Doing backflips and all the gymnast stuff comes out here. Uh great crack that. Uh, really enjoy that scene, you know, Kevin Bacon. It's something you don't see in teenage movies anymore, or in movies in general. Is people getting so annoyed that you know they throw beer bottles and they just light up cigarettes and start having a smoke and things like that? You, know, it's it's a bit daft from the outside looking at it, but in the movie it seems to to pay off. It, it works well in the movie for some reason. You know, the, the he has a like a, a chicken. They came a chicken and with a couple of tractors, and he can't jump off because the shoelaces get caught around the brake pedals. And you're like, right, this is in this movie. I don't. I, I, don't know why that's in it, but it <laughs> works out well. And they're playing, you know, great soundtrack this as well. Uh, we'll talk a bit about that at the end. But in that scene, they're playing I Need a Hero, which you're like, does that fit the scene? It kind of does, doesn't it? Not too sure. Um, yeah, it does, really, because Kevin Bacon's the hero of the movie. He's top belt. He's on the posters with his, you know, headphones and his, uh, like, Converse shoes. But he his story uh, collides with Ariel who is uh, Reverend Shaw's daughter. Now, she is a complete, you know, bananas, crazy person in this movie. Uh, she's just, seems to be dialed up a bit more. You know, I've heard uh, there's the saying, like, you know, child of the manse, and it's, someone's brought up in a religious household, and that person's like the minister or something, that because their rules are a wee bit stricter there, that they're just a bit crazier on it, and they do, you know, mad stuff. But what she is doing is wild. It's total carnage, right? So we get introduced here, and she jumps in her car, in the car of France, and then her boyfriend at the start of the movie pulls alongside in a pickup truck, and they're going like full tilt down, you know, one of these American highways, one of these sort of like country roads. And he's, what's he doing? He's like, yo, hello, blah, blah, blah. She decides to move from one car to the other at speed and you're like this is you know this is wild uh, that would never get in a movie now it's just like because people would try to do that but she jumps between the two and then she's standing between the two not quite like uh john claude van damme would do in the splits but she's between the two and she's like Turning into a mad boy girl, just woo, yeah, wow, you know, going a bit wild on it, you know, one leg on each sort of car, and then there's like this big eighteen wheeler sort of you know truck, uh, lorry type thing coming at her, and she's still doing it, still doing it, still doing it, 
So it's putting everyone's lives at danger at this stage. She is wild. That is not safe. That is reckless. Um, I don't know if we're supposed to root for her or not. I don't really because she's just sort of created her own victim type uh, complex thing. Victim complex? I don't know if that's the right terminology for it. But she is basically disregarding everyone else's safety because she's just, you know, feels a bit, you know, held up and a bit, you know, shackled down by the rules that her father's putting in. Because, you know, her dad's uh, the Reverend, uh, Reverend Shaw, and he has set all the rules in town where there's no dancing, there's no uh, music of certain types and certain books and things like that. And then, obviously, she has her own restraints in home with, with the Reverend Shaw as her father. And so it's like a double head of it. And so she's lashing out. She's being her rebellious. She's sleeping all around the place. You know, it, it heads to a mad point uh, in the story between those two. And, and those the, the dynamic between those two is almost more of the story. Like, they intertwine really well. And then, like, Kevin Bacon and her, like, arc twists together a bit later. But because of the way it goes, if you imagine, like, three... Strands going towards it. Kevin Bacon's on his own, and the other two are together. And then she starts the move to Bacon. They're both together, and then the Reverend comes off. So, in that way, it's kind of quite good. Um, I'm, I'm literally doing like hand signals and stuff that is very, you know, very visual for a, um, you know, an auditory, an audio, uh, yeah, and very visual for an audio format. So, uh, I nearly said never the last guys. So. Well, that's a thing. I think it's a later episode. I call out the nevertheless. Mm, I'm recording this out of order. I'm recording this not too long before it's due to release because of how many technical issues. Anyway, Reverend Shaw, let's talk about John Lithgow and how amazing his career is first. He's in this as like, you know, a real ruling with an iron fist authority figure. He then, at the end of this decade, the 80s, he decides, I'm going to make a blockbuster movie big action movie with Stallone and he shows up in Cliffhanger and then almost immediately after that he does an American sitcom he does Third Rock from the Sun he ends up with science fiction stuff and like your Planet of the Apes reboot he's in the the man is phenomenal he's everywhere he's in Shrek of all places great and he's great in this too so he is ruling the town and he's sort of you know set in his ways as it were um, but he, his wife and him, well, his wife more so, she realizes that it's not all sunshines and rainbows. It's not great. Now, he set all these things in place because his son went to a party and uh, died in a car accident on the way back, which is spoken to in a scene. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that happened. That's about it. Whereas uh, there is a remake of this and the remake's not bad. It's the same film, essentially, only with, you know, people who can dance actually dance and no body doubles and things like that uh but they show that's that sequence that's how that one opens and so john lithgow he's back and forth with the daughter and she you know she, she's the rebellious type and it gets to the stage where he actually hits her and that that's the sort of his breaking point as it were he's uh looking at this like i can't believe i've just done that i've definitely gone too far and then it escalates quite quickly from there where the the local town um like locals the town council all the sort of people on it they're all burning books and stuff like now and he goes we, we, we can't be doing this 
So he is like super strict and then like he, he eases back a bit off the gas later in the movie. His arc is probably the best in it, in my opinion. Um, you see that uh, the, the kind of plot sort of comes to a point whenever Kevin Bacon goes to the town council and he is putting forth his proposition to hold a dance in a warehouse, uh, the warehouse he works for. But um, he, it's a great scene because he's quoting scripture at the preacher and the preacher's like, you know, he's finally realized that. The only thing is he's already told the town council, no, they're not getting the town dance. It's, anyway, there, there's a loophole in the situation where uh, they have uh, the dance in the barn just like just outside uh, the jurisdiction of the town. So it ends with a big dancing. There's a bit of you know, a uh, bit of a, a a Barney with a couple of guys. You know, a couple of your your hardcore towners who really don't want it to happen, but. The gist of this movie is you want to see people dance. For some reason, it's just great. Like they have a big fight, um, just outside the barn where the dance is happening, and then it's like, oh, walking in all bloody nosed and stuff. Kevin Bacon, this is a party. Kicks on Footloose by Kenny Loggins, and they just have a great time. At the end of the movie, like it ends on such a positive note in that way. Maybe that's what it is the feel good ending. I'm like, yeah, I'm on board with this. You know, it it carries me off and you know into the you know, the rest of the evening or into whatever else I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling good now because those kids got the dance in the barn to Kenny Loggins. So Kenny Loggins, this is the last thing I kind of want to say about Footloose. He must be a bajillionaire with the amount of like quality 80s bangers on movie soundtracks he has made. So you have this, Footloose for Footloose, which in itself is amazing. Sometimes I just put it on. You know, after a long day at work, you know, you just... Stick it on the old radio, um, fire it up on the, the old cassette player or the vinyl. I don't know what people listen to anymore. Um, put it onto Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can find good podcasts like this. Put it on Footloose. You're like, this is kick ass. This song is a tune. Does that. He does Danger Zone for like Top Gun. And he's on like he's done like two or three in Rocky Four, the greatest Christmas movie ever made. And you're just like, how did he produce gold so many times? I I wish I was able to do that. Although these episodes definitely are gold. I think you'd all agree. Well, that that'll do Footloose. I think feel good movie. That's like a teen drama about dancing that I really like for some reason. I've written more in the blog on Did You Ever See um, on its blogger site. And uh, you can check out more there. You can uh, read up the really short write-ups I do. And uh, hopefully Google Ads will start paying me. Right. Can't remember what's coming next. Uh, but every Sunday it seems to be happening. Cheerio. <laughs>